morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin. And I dropped in this morning, this day. I just came from the gym and I heard the Holy Spirit drop this word in me. How trouble is training us. <laughs> you know we're going to deal with this. We got to deal with this. We have to talk about this issue. We have to find out how trouble is training us. You know, how many of you know that Hebrews tell us that even Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered? One moment, you guys know that before we start, because I'm on my podcast also, that we must pray before we start our day. So, Father, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God. You said we're two or three are joined together. There you are in the midst of us, Lord God. So, Father God, we come before you with an humble heart, with open ears to hear, a heart to receive what the Spirit of the living God is saying. So, Father, we ask that you teach us, lead us, guide us, and direct us in in your way, in every way that's true, Father God, so that we could be set free from the lies of the enemy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys, we're getting ready to jump in right now, this second, this minute, and this moment. So, how is it that our trouble is training us. I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked that question. Because although trouble don't feel good, for real, trouble is sincerely working some things together for our good. How many of you know that trouble, even though it don't feel good, is working some things together? It's working some things together for our good. Okay, let's just dive in here. We finna go into the Word of God because as we know that the word of God is the will of God, right? God and his word is one. So let's start with um, Hebrews. Let's start with Hebrews. Hebrews 5 and 8, it, te- it tells us. Hebrews 5 and 8. We're going to start with 7. During the days of Jesus' earthly life, he offered up prayers and petition with loud cries and tears to the one who who could save him from death. We know which is his father. And he was heard because of his reverence, because of his respect for his father. He was heard. And um, verse 8, this is where we're trying to go. It says, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to us all who obey him. So Jesus himself, the son of the living God, who knew no sin, who who became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Um, Jesus, the son of God himself, who came from heaven down to earth, who 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 uh, came in the form of human flesh and made no reputation for himself, but he, he presented himself as being Lord than even the angels. He himself learned obedience by the things he suffered. You guys, the day my title is, is that trouble is training us. <laughs> How many know? I know, I know, I know, I know trouble don't feel good. I know that trouble don't feel good. But trouble is working some things together for our good. The word of God tells us this. He tells us this. He tells us this. You know, it tells us that tribulation, let patience have tribulations. We're going to say tribulations works patience, right? Tribulations work patience. Let's see what it says. Is Romans 5 and 3. I'm telling you that trouble don't feel good, but for real trouble 
It is good. It's working some things together for our good. I'm not, I'm not talking about the kind of trouble that we make for ourselves. I'm not talking about us suffering for being a busybody or anything like that. I'm talking about suffering for righteousness sake. Romans 5 and 3. Let me, let me go to the Bible Hub. I like the Bible Hub because they have different translations of it. Romans, uh, Romans 5 and 3. Romans 5 and 3. Give me one second. Romans 5 and 3. I want to look it up in the Bible Hub so we can get the different uh, translations. 5 and 30. Okay? If you, if you guys are following me, Romans 5 and 3, it's good to uh, look at the word for yourself. Okay? I want to do... Um, I want to see we can, I want to see what the English Standard Version says. Romans 5 and 3. Not only, let, let's see, let's start at one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Though him, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Oh, we, we re- we're supposed to rejoice in our sufferings, you guys. Not suffering for for uh, being a busybody or anything like that, but uh, suffering for Christ's sake. How many of you know that the Bible tells us that when we choose to live for Christ, we're going to suffer persecution? It tells us, he said, if we're going to suffer, let it not be because we are a, um, a busybody or a meddler in other people's business, but because the um, you know we're suffering for righteousness' sake. When we're suffering because we're taking a stand for what we believe in, or we're suffering because um, we refuse to bow down, um, um, then that's suffering for right snake. When we're suffering because of what we believe, um, the fact that we believe in Jesus Christ, that's suffering for right snake. When we're suffering for doing the right thing, because it's better to suffer for doing right than doing wrong. This is what the word tells us, right? So when we're suffering and we're being lied on and persecuted and talked about, and that character's trying to be assassinated um, because we've done the right thing, okay? Then we can, the Bible tells us that we are to rejoice because that means that truly the glory of the Lord is resting upon us. That means the devil sees something. He sees God in us. He's coming for the good in us. He's coming for the word in us. It's nothing personal. See, we've been taking it all too personal. But when we're suffering for the right thing, we know that's a personal, that's a direct hit from the enemy. He's coming to steal the word. We talked about that earlier about what it is that the devil wants from you. Go back and listen to that podcast. What does the devil want from you? The devil wants to steal the word. Because if the devil can steal the word, he steals our weapon, right? So the Bible here we have again in Romans 5 and 3, he tells us, he said that we are to rejoice in suffering, knowing that suffering produce endurance. Um, and endurance produce character, and character produce hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has not who He has given to us. So um, another translation, King James says, let's see what King James says. But here, he, uh, let, let me stick with this for a minute. It says, knowing that there's some things that we need to know when we're suffering. I'm going to stick with this for a minute. English Standard Version, Romans 5 and 3. 
Okay, so there are some things that we need to know during our process of suffering. Not only is it working some, you know, not only is it training us and it's going to teach us and it's going to produce character in our lives, but we need to know that the suffering is going to produce endurance. Suffering or tribulations, one translation says tribulations are works patience. Okay, so trouble, it don't feel good. But trouble is working some things together for our good. And how many of you know that every time we choose to do the wrong, the right thing, we do, uh, uh, we uh, it causes us not to do the wrong thing. <laughs> Therefore, you, the gospel is very simple to me. I try to I try to make it as simple as possible so that even if a child listens. They will be able to understand because how many remember we talked about that, that when the devil, when we don't understand the word from according to the parable of the sower, I think it's Mark four, the devil is able to come and steal the word because we don't understand. So wisdom is the principal thing, but in all our getting, we definitely need to get some understanding because without understanding, we're not going to understand. We're not going to know how to do what we know. Wisdom tell us what to do. And, but understanding is going to tell us we got to understand what to do in order to do what we know. I like to ask the question, do you know how to do what you know? We have to have some understanding. If we don't understand the word, we can't have faith for the word, right? So wisdom is the principal thing, but in all our getting, we definitely have to get some understanding. Okay, so here we got to know something. We're to rejoice in tribute suffering or rejoice in tribulations or rejoice in trouble. And then we got to know, we got to know, say this, I got to know something. See, because when you know, when you have an understanding of the process, you can endure the trouble. You can endure the temptation when you have an understanding. You know what? This is the devil tempting me. This is not God tempting me. Let no man say that when he's being tempted, that God tempts us because God cannot, God does not tempt by evil and God can himself cannot be tempted by evil. The word of God tells us, right? So when we understand the suffering, when I know why I'm suffering, I'm not suffering for being a busybody. I'm not suffering because I sinned. I'm, I'm suffering because I told I told this person, um, you know, that we need to repent and give our life to Jesus Christ. And they came and they persecuted. My flesh is suffering. How many of you know that when we're suffering, the only thing that's really suffering is the flesh? The spirit is fine. It's already all right. <laughs> I remember the Lord told me what they said, bro, the only thing that's suffering is your flesh. You know, your spirit is fine. It's a-okay. Your spirit is fine. You guys know that we're three-part beings, right? Spirit. We are a spirit. Um, we have a soul and we live in a body. Our spirit lives inside this body. And that's why when our spirit leaves the body, we cease to live. Right, because it's the spirit that giveth life. Okay, I'm trying to stick here. So, one thing um, we have to uh, rejoice when we're suffering. Rejoice in tribulations, because this means that the glory of the Lord is resting upon us. Right, when you've done the right thing, rejoice, rejoice. And when you've done the wrong thing, just repent and then still rejoice, because know that you have been forgiven. All right, so uh, rejoice in our sufferings, knowing. That suffering is going to produce endurance. See, the trouble is working 
is training us because that trouble, that suffering, that tribulation, that trial, that test is going to produce patience, endurance or patience, right? It's going, it's going, it's developing the fruits of the spirit. Trouble helps develop. Tribulations is going to develop the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> but how I many of you know life is choices? Because we, So we have to choose we have to choose uh, the right choices. And how many of you know that the word of God is always the right choice? It is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? So we have to I know we got to rejoice when we're suffering. We got to know that this suffering, this trouble, this tribulation that I'm going through for doing the right thing is going to produce some patience in my life, right? And, and patience is going to produce character. Verse 4, Romans 5 and 4. It says an endurance produce character or patience produce character, right? So patience is producing character, but it all started with the trouble. <laughs> Tribulations work patience, King James say, and patience produce ca- uh, character. Tribulations work patience and patience produce character. So we want, we want the fruits of the spirit to be produced in our lives, right? So we're going to have to go through something to grow through, to grow into something. So a um, patient person is a kind person, right? Because um, without patience, you're not going to be kind. Without patience, love is patient, right? So when you're not patient, you're not going to be lovely because impatient people are not lovely people. They're not really kind. Impatient people is kind of rude people because impatient people are not thinking about the needs of others. They're only thinking about uh, what's best for them. They're kind of like in that survival mode. They're not thinking about the needs of others. So we have to let patience have its perfect work so we will be mature, entire, complete, lacking and wanting nothing. Because a patient person, you have to be patient in order to be immovable, um, to be steadfast, immovable, and always abounding in the things of the Lord, the works of the Lord. We're going to have need of patience, the Bible says. For after we've done the will of God, we're going to have need of patience. Why? Because we're going to have to wait on the manifestation of the promise of God. After we've done the will of God, we want to wait on God. <laughs> okay. So trouble don't feel good, but trouble is working some things for our good. So we read earlier where Jesus, the Bible tells us that in Hebrews that Jesus learned obedience by the things he himself suffered. How is this? You say, well, Jesus was perfect in all of his ways. He had no sin, right? So how did Jesus learn uh, obedience? Because through the things he suffered, because every time he said no to what his flesh won't, it causes flesh to suffer. <laughs> you know, when he was in the garden praying, he said, Father, let this cup of suffering pass from me. You know, that was his flesh because his flesh didn't want to do it, y'all. My flesh wouldn't have wanted to do it, right? So he, he knew what he was going to have to face because even though he was a son of God, he was still God. He, he, he was omnipotent. He knew what was going to happen. So he was saying, Lord, if there's any way, let this cup of suffering pass from me. But nevertheless, and he was sweating great uh, uh, drops of blood. You know, the sweat was like blood. And so he said, let's go here. Let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane. How many of you know that we have to go to the Garden of Gethsemane? Let's say what he said. Okay, when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, let's see what he said. He had to learn obedience by the things he suffered. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Okay. Let's see what he says so we can say what he said. Okay. And so um, 
he, his flesh was suffering. You guys, he had a flesh. He felt the canine tails. He that was his flesh. He felt it. Um, Matt, Mark fourteen thirty two forty two. That's what it is. Mark fourteen thirty two through forty two where Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then it's Luke 22, but let's see if we can stick with Mark. Mark 14, 32. Give me one second. Mark 14, 32. I pray that you guys are having a wonderful, 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 wonderful day today, this day, because this is truly the Lord, the day that the Lord has made. And, and we all know that we're to rejoice and be glad in it. Mark 14, 32. Let me go. I want to see the NLT version. 14, 32. Where Jesus, he asked, first he asked his disciples, would they pray for him? You know, could they just pray with him for one hour? It's it's so good to have people in your life that can that's willing to Get down in the ditches and pray with you. Not just pray for you, but pray with you. Okay, let's start at 39. Mark 14, 39. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping. Okay, he had asked them up prior. He said, keep watch and pray that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so that was in verse 38. So 39 says, then Jesus left them again and prayed from uh, the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open and they didn't know what to say. I'm 42. When he returned to them the third time, he said, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But no, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, betrayal is near. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's start at 32. Mark 14, 32. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him. And he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief. This is the NLT version, you guys. Mark 14, 32. We're talking about when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, he, he told him, he said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it was possible, the awful her awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for me. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not my will. Right. So he's asking the father. Then he returned and found them sleep. Okay. He was asking the father. He said, can you please take this, let this cup of suffering pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. Right. He said, not, not what I want, Lord, but let your will be done. He was distressed because he, he was all knowing. So he knew it was coming. Um. So he, he, he learned obedience. His flesh didn't want to do it. <laughs> But his love is what brought him to it. You right? He said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I, 
I only I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I hear my see my father doing. But he didn't want to do it, you guys. He had a flesh like us. He didn't want to do it. And so every time by him saying no to what his flesh want, he learned obedience. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. Jesus learned obedience by the, and we too learn obedience by the things we suffer. Trouble is training us. Jesus tells us in the word of God, he said, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. He said, in this world, we're going to have some tribulations. You will have trouble. You will have tribulations, right? John 16, 33. He said, I have told you these things. He said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart he was, because I have overcome the world, right? Jesus said, don't take heart. Don't be discouraged. I've already overcame what you're going through. Take heart. Be a, this is why greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We are more than conquerors because he's already overcame what we're going through. So this is why he tells, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. But I, he said, I've said these things that Jesus himself told us. He said, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. He said, but be of good cheer or take heart because I've already overcome the world. Let's read the King James. It says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you should have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But um, if we keep our minds stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ, how many, he said here, we're going to have peace in him. How do we have peace in Christ? How do we, He said the peace that he gives us, it don't come from the world. Worry comes from the world, but the peace that God gives us comes when we keep our minds stayed on his promises. How do we keep our minds stayed on God? By keeping our minds focused, focused in on what he said, meditating on the word, allowing it not to depart from our heart, meditating on the word day in and day out night and day. What does the word of God say? Because if we don't focus on the word of God, we're going to be looking at what's going on in the world. If we don't focus on the word, we're going to be focused on the world. Okay. Let's not focus on the facts. Let's focus on the truth. Because Jesus said, I've already, I've already, he he said, you're going to have some trouble. He said that the weapon is going to form Isaiah. He didn't say that the weapon wasn't going to form. What he said was it wasn't going to prosper. In other words, it's not going to accomplish the assignment and where to it has been sent. But God's word now, it does not return void. And he does watch over his own word to perform it. And God's word, it will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish those things that were into it has been sent. In other words, God's word is going to do what it says it's going to do because he who promised is faithful. So I'm trying to tell you, we have to understand we're to rejoice in tribulations. When you're being persecuted for righteousness sake, for doing the right thing, we're to rejoice, rejoice in tribulations, rejoice in tribulations, Right? Because, why? Because we know that it's working some stuff for our good. You can rejoice when we understand and know that it's working some things. This trouble don't feel good. It don't look good. The situation is not favorable. The storms is coming. The winds is blowing. The bills are due. It don't look good, God. 
But I know because I love you and you love me, all things are working together. And I know that I'm called according to your purpose, according to Romans 8, I believe 23. I know that all things are working together for my good. You're going to make this trouble. You're going to make this thing what the devil meant for evil because I've trust in you. And you say you will not cause me to be ashamed for those who put their trust in you. The word of God tells us that God will not cause us to be ashamed. Why is this? Because when we say what God say, we're putting his reputation on the line. That's his word. It's not for us to make good on God's word. It's for God to make good on God's word. We're just the messenger, the ambassadors, the ministers, the reconciliators, right? We're heirs and joint heirs to the kingdom of God. The word of God will not return unto us void. If they close the government down, which I'm believing God, they're not. What will you do? Will you faint? Will your life fall apart? The Bible say, be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. Because it's the wise man, he built his house on the rock, on the word. We must build our lives on the word of God. We must build our lives on the word of God. When we build our lives on the word of God, when we make the word of God our absolute truth, and the storms of life come, our lives won't fall apart. Our house won't fall apart. We won't want to suicide. We won't feel hopeless. Hopelessness comes when we lose faith in God. Hold on. Wait a minute. You know there's no condemnation in this. Because, see, we can fix that. Because everything we learn today, we can just repent of it. And we can do it today, right? We know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, right? But fear comes by hearing and hearing the words of the world. And so when we don't, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? The evidence of things not seen. This is what the word teaches us. So when we're feeling hopeless, it's because we don't have faith and there's no condemnation because all we have to do is get in the word and see what the word say, right? Meditate with it. We confess it with our mouth, but it's with our heart that we believe the word of God. So we need to meditate, meditate there in day and night. What is the word of God? He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Rapha. He is our provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. Right. God did not create us to fail. He created us for success. He set us up for success, not failure. And the plans he really do have for us, just like Jeremiah 29, 11 says, that's for all of us are good and not evil. And this to prosper us, bless us and bring us into great success. God did not set us or create us for failure. We have to have our soul anchored in the Lord. I know they sang that song, my soul is anchored in the Lord. But I'm telling you now, if we don't believe the word of God, we got to know the word of God to believe the word of God. If we're not believing it in our heart, our soul is not anchored. And that's why we're so filled with worry, cares, and fears. Because when fear comes, it's because we have lost confidence in God's love. For perfect love casts out fear, right? So I say to you, have confidence in God's love for you and fear will have no place in you. So when you begin to feel afraid and you begin to feel scared and you begin to feel worried, just know that you have lost confidence in God's love for you. And just remind yourself, oh no, devil, you got to go because my God loves me. It was for God so loved the world, according to John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for me. So you see, 
my God, really, I mean, really, 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 really do love me. And not only do he love me, love is who God is. So he can't help but to love me. Okay? So tell tell him, and that spirit of fear will have to leave. I'm telling you what I know. Perfect love really do cast out fear. The word of God is true. We have to believe it in our heart. It's not just a good fairy tale book. Um, we have to have a revelation of Jesus Christ to believe what the word of God say. And Father God, we ask, we stop, we pause, we take a minute, a second, and a moment to say, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to us, Father. Give us a rhema word. For you said if we hunger and thirst after righteousness that you would fill us. So we come. You said you water the thirsty, Father. We come hungry. We come thirsting. We say, not our will, Father, but your will be done. So Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. And we too, every time we say no to what the devil wants and what our flesh wants, every time we say yes to God, we say no to what the devil wants and what our flesh wants. How many of you know that the devil operates through the works of our flesh? Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21, 22, it talks about that. It talks about the fruits of the spirit, patience, love, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering, it talks about the not, the fruits of the spirit, nine fruits of the spirit. And then it talks about the works of the flesh. Well, the devil manifests himself through the works of our flesh. Galatians 5, 19, 20, 21. You guys read through there. He manifests himself through the works of our flesh. Witchcraft, sorcery, murder, fornication, homosexuality. He manifests himself through the works of our flesh. So we walk in the spirit. The Romans tells us that we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And every time, um, every time, let me pull it out. Every time we walk in the spirit, how do we walk in the spirit? We walk in the spirit. We walk in obedience to God. When we walk in the love of God, we walk in obedience to God. How many of you guys know that? He says that when you love me, Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. And when we walk in love, that means we abide in God and God abides in us. So when we walk in the spirit or when we walk in love, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we walk in the spirit, okay? When we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that causes our flesh to suffer. You know, when you, when you, deny, when you deny our flesh, this is what fasting is. It's denying our flesh of what it wants. And it causes our flesh to suffer. It causes our flesh to be hungry, and our, it causes our flesh to beg for food. It's what is this doing? It's causing our flesh to suffer, right? And when we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill what the, the lust of the flesh. We won't get the flesh won't get to have what it wants. We deny the flesh of what it wants when we walk in the spirit. Galatians five sixteen. When we walk in the spirit, let's see which one I want to read. Um, King James, this I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we walk in the spirit, we're not going to do what the flesh want. When we walk, we're talking about lifestyle. When we walk in the spirit, let's, let's go to 15, Galatians 5, 15. But if you keep on biting and devouring one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. So I say, if you, if, uh, say by the spirit. 
walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay. So when we walk in the spirit, we're not going to gratify. We're not going to give in to the desires of the flesh. This is how we're learning obedience by the things we're suffering. The only thing that's suffering is our flesh. So let patience have its perfect work. Tribulations work patience. Okay. Trouble don't feel good, but trouble is working together for you. Good. Tribulations work patience. And patience was producing character. So we got to understand when we know something, then we can endure the process. Okay, but make sure that when you're suffering, let me find that scripture. Make sure that when we're suffering, when we're suffering, that we're not suffering as a busybody or a meddler in somebody else's business because that's not suffering for Christ's sake. First Peter 4.15 tells us, he says, um, if you suffer, let me see. Let's go to, let me see. Hold on one second. Okay, let's go to 14. First Peter 4, 14. It says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. Indeed, none of you should suffer as a murderer or a thief or a wrongdoer or even as a meddler. But if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but glorify God that you bear that name. Let me read the King James Version. Um, 1 Peter 4 and 15. 1 Peter 4, 15. King James. Let me, I want to go to uh, 12. Let's go to 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Because the same way he suffered, we need to arm ourselves likewise, the Bible says, because we too are going to suffer in our flesh. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If we be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Right? So when we're suffering for Christ's sake, for doing the right thing as a Christian, for doing the right thing, he says rejoice. Because truly that means that's a sign that the glory of the Lord is resting upon you. And we need to arm ourselves likewise that as he suffered in the flesh, so will we. Arm ourselves likewise. The same way he suffered, we too will suffer. Arm yourselves likewise, right? Arm yourselves, 1 Peter 4 and 1. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. What does that mean? Whoever suffers in the body is done with sin because dead men don't sin. Why is this? Because it's our flesh that's causing us to suffer. Every time we say no to sin, we're saying yes to Christ. And we're done with sin. When we're walking in the spirit, it's going to cause us not to do what our flesh wants. When we walk in the spirit, when we walk in love, 
it's going to cause us not to walk in sin. How many of you know that love is the fulfillment of the law? But when we do fall down, the Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he's going to get right back up. Why? Why is it? Because a man who's sincerely after God's heart, when he falls down, he's going to be quick to repent. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. It wasn't because he was perfect. It was because he sincerely wanted to be obedient to what God said. He was quick to repent. So 1 Peter 4 and 1, remember this. So Because, you know, we got to know something in order to glory in tribulations. We have to know. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, we need to arm yourselves also with the same attitude, with the same mindset. What is it? Because the truth of the matter is none of us have suffered to the point of shedding blood. And this minor affliction that we're going through is nothing to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. The word of God says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. How many of you guys believe that? If you believe the word of God, guess what? Your spirit, it should be jumping. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit should be bearing witness with this word. And it, it should be causing um, deliverance to come. Because the word of God is the power of God, right? Unto salvation. The word of God brings deliverance because the truth is the truth that sets us free from a lie, right? Every error in our lives where there's an addiction, bondhold, mindset, stronghold, or anything, um, it's, it's there because we're believing a devil's lie. So that's why we have to cast down those mindset strongholds by... Um, uh, replacing the lie with God's truth. Be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12 and 2, right? So 1 Peter 4 and 1 tells us, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also, be ready, be prepared with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is dead with sin. We have to, tribulations is training us. When we suffer in our body, that's tribulations, that's tests, that's temptation, right? But it's going to cause us to be obedient to Christ. Every time we say no to what the devil wants, we're saying yes to what God wants. Therefore, the Bible says, submit yourselves under the God resists the proud, right? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to to the humble. He gives grace to those that are humble, but he gives more grace before he said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil, and that's when he'll flee from you. The reason we can't resist the devil, we can't cast out the devil and walk with the devil. Okay, that don't work. Satan can't cast out Satan. Okay, so we have to submit ourselves unto God in order to resist the devil because we can't walk in agreement with the devil and resist the devil. So this is why he says, God resists the proud because the proud person is saying, God, forget you. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't need to. Okay, I got this. When we're proud, proud we're doing things our way and not God's way. And so God is saying, I'm going to resist you. I did a podcast on that. Is God resisting you? Sometimes he won't have you to say stuff to people. That's because he's resisting them. Why? Because they're proud. If you're proud, let's just repent. A proud person don't see no need for God until they realize they need God. Okay. <laughs> so we we uh, we we 
we say that we believe in God and we say we believe God created us, but then we think we don't need the God who created us? Of course we do. The same God who created us is the same God who wants to be father us. He he wants to become our Abba Father. So my question is, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? So what the when trouble comes, because trouble is coming. Jesus even told us, in this world we're going to have some trouble, right? The, the Word of God says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Okay, so it's raining upon the just as well as the unjust. Okay, it's coming to us too. It's not that we as believers aren't going to go through stuff. It's, but it's how you go through the storm. Will you weather the storm or will you drown in the storm? Will you weather the test or will you faint during the test? The wise man, this is why we have to be doers of the word. Because it's the doer of the word that's blessed, not the hearer only. It's not Knowing the word is not enough. The Bible says that Abraham's faith was made complete by his works. We have to call our faith is made complete by our actions. We have to now that we know what it says, we have to do what it says and we want to see what it says. <laughs> right. So many are the afflictions of the righteous. We're gonna have some trouble, y'all. In this world, we're gonna have some. But those who keep their minds stayed on the Lord, He has promised to keep us in perfect peace. The wise man built his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. So when these storms come, will your house stand because it's built on the word of God, on a relationship with God? Or will your house fall because it was built on the sand? It was built on the wisdom of man. It was built on the, the philosophy of this world. Was it, it, was, it was, Is your house being built on the word of God or is your life being built on the words of the world? There's no condemnation. Because guess what? Today is another good day that the Lord has made. And all we have to do is just repent and do what he says. And so, Father, we come before you, our Abba Father. And we say that we're sorry, Daddy. We're sorry. We sorry. We sorry, God. We sorry. We sorry. We receive your forgiveness. We're sorry. And because today is another day, we now, this word that we heard, we get to do what it says. Because it doesn't matter how many Bible sermons we listen to or how many church services we go to. If we don't do what we know, the same way, we, the same way we're going to come back home the same way we left. There's not going to be transformation without doing what he says. We have to actually do what it says to see what it says. So these storms are coming. You got the corona. They're talking about shutting down the government and all this kind of stuff. Those are storms. Those are tests. Make sure that your house, that your life is built on the rock. So when the storms of life come, your house won't fall apart. Your life won't fall apart. But if your life is built on the sand, you're going to be fearful and afraid because of the world news. But we got to know God's good news and that's the news that we have to stand on. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, we have to believe in something that we can't see. We have to believe in a God. We have to believe that a God exists who we can't see. And then we have to go on and believe also that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. How many of you know that God will reward you when you diligently seek him? Because those who put their trust in him, 
He has said he will not cause us to be ashamed. And what the devil meant for evil, God always take it and turn it and cause it to work together for our good. Our trouble is training us because tribulations is working patience and patience is producing character. Therefore, let patience have its perfect work so you can be mature because a patient person is a mature person, right? An impatient person is like a baby. They have those temper tantrums and they just want what they want and they want it right now. I want it and I want it now, right? That's the attitude of a baby. But a, a, a mature person is a patient person. So let patience have its perfect work. So you can be mature, entire, complete, lacking and wanting anything because um, a patient person is a person who can really learn to be content in whatsoever state he's in. Galatians 5, 23, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Right? A patient person, let's see, let's look up this. A patient person is a kind person. They can be kind. A patient person can be kind. Okay. Um, Galatians 5, 23 says, let, okay, okay, we read earlier, let patience have its perfect work, right? So we can be mature, entire, complete. Lacking and wanting none. Tribulations work patience. Okay. Tribulations work patience. Let's tie this all together. Tribulations work patience, and patience produce character, right? So, Patience produce character, right? So I like to say that a patient person, love is patient. The Bible tells us love is patient, it's long-suffering, right? So a patient person can walk in love. A patient person can have joy because impatient people are frustrated people, so they're not going to have joy. Impatient people are not going to have peace because impatient people are not content. And therefore, impatient people are anxious people and they don't they can't be content in whatever state they're in. So they're not going to have peace. And impatient people are definitely not going to be long suffering because impatient people are anxious. They're not going to be able to be long suffering. And impatient people are not going to be very kind people because impatient people are kind of like self-centered people because it's all about what about me? It's about me and my, you know, trying to get what I need, trying to get what I want. So they're not going to be kind and impatient people are not going to be good people because impatient people can sometimes be rude people, right? And impatient people aren't necessarily going to be faithful people because impatient people is about trying to get what they want and trying to get their needs met. How many of you know that those are the fruits of the spirit? Love. Let me let me read it from the King James Version. Galatians 5, 22. I was coming. Galatians 5, 22. Okay. Let's look at the uh, King James Version. Galatians 5, 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Now, if you allow patience, because love is patient, right? So if you let patience have its perfect work, because remember, tribulations produce patience. Um, Tribulations produce 
patience, and patience produce character, right? We want the characteristics of Christ developed in our lives, which is the fruits of the Spirit. So in order, we have to let patience have its perfect work so we can be mature, entire, complete, lacking and wanting nothing, the Word tells us. So a patient person is a loving person. Okay, so when we let patience work, we will allow love to work because love is patient. Okay, when we let patience work, we can have joy because patience can cause us to be content in the state that we're in and it keeps us from being anxious and it can cause us to be satisfied. We can learn to be content. Without patience, we can't learn to be content in whatsoever state we're in because without patience, we're going to become anxious, right? So we can have joy in the suffering. We can rejoice in suffering when we're patient, be patient in suffering. We can be, we can glory in tribulations, knowing that it's working patience and patience is producing character. We have to know something. So we have to be allowed, allow our flesh to suffer in order to train our flesh. Isn't that what we do to our kids? We are now we trying to, we try to train our kids by teaching them right from wrong and good from evil. And and we'll also take things from them like cell phones, different things, things that they like. So what's the purpose of that? Is to make their flesh suffer. We're trying to teach our children obedience by the things they suffer. Listen, there's consequences to this. And when you don't do what I say, I get to take your cell phone and the flesh suffers, but they're learning. So the next time they say, okay, I'm going to listen because if I don't, they're going to take my phone. So they're learning obedience by the things they're suffering. Or if they have to get a spanking or something, they're learning obedience not to do that. Because when I do this, understanding the consequences, there's consequences to our wrong actions and reactions. Okay. So we have to learn obedience uh, by the things we suffer so we won't continue to suffer the same thing. If we constantly keep making the same choices, we're going to constantly continue to uh, face the same consequences. Right? Because choices have consequences. So every time we tell the devil no, we say yes to God and we cause our flesh to suffer. So let's walk in the spirit. Let's walk in love. And we won't fulfill the fle- the desires of the flesh. We won't end up doing what the flesh wants. When we walk in love, we won't end up doing what the flesh wants. We say no to the flesh every time we say yes to God. Therefore, uh, Remember, God resists the proud, those who are bent on doing things their way, those who are bent on doing, having their will. Um, God resists them, right, because he's not going to override our will. But he said he give grace to those that humble themselves, those who will surrender and say, Lord, not my will, but let your will. Yes, my flesh is going to suffer. Every time we make a sacrifice, our flesh suffers. Every time we say yes to God, it causes our flesh to suffer. This is how we learn obedience. This is how trouble trains us because tribulations work patience and patience produce character. Do you want the character of Christ in your life? Then we're going to have to say no to what our flesh want and yes to what God wants. We're going to have to be willing to give up our will, to give up our way and to give up what we want for God's will, for God's way and for what God wants. We're going to have to walk in the spirit, walk in love. Walk in joy, walk in peace, walk in long suffering, walk in gentleness, walk in goodness, and have faith. That's the fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> but to walk in the Spirit, to walk in the fruits of the Spirit, our flesh is going to have to suffer. First Peter 4 1 says, 
the same the same way he suffered in the flesh, we need to arm ourselves likewise with the same attitude. That we too will suffer persecution like he did. That we too will suffer for righteousness sake. Because Jesus went about doing nothing but good. And yet they wanted to stone him. And yet they wanted to push him off the cliff. And yet they lied on him. And yet they spat on him. And yet they crucified him. Yet they pierced his soul, his, his side with the with the uh And they put that crown on his head. That crown of thorns on his head. And they spit on him. And they beat him. And he really was perfect in all. He really is perfect in all his ways. But it was for this very purpose that the Son of God was manifest. To destroy all the works of the devil. Therefore, that's why we say, Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. And that we're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys, um, I have to ask the question, though. Do you know him? Do you, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because if not, we're getting ready to give you an opportunity to do so, right? So you won't have to suffer alone because in this world, we're going to have troubles. Say, whether we know Christ or not, we're going to have some trouble. But it's how we go through the trouble. I'd rather go through the trouble with Christ in my life than to go through the trouble and not know Jesus Christ. Because when we have trouble and we don't know Jesus Christ, it leaves us hopeless. And this is why people suicide and kill themselves. Because hopeless people are very dangerous people. Because a hopeless person says, this is it. You know, they think that they've come to the end of themselves and they don't realize that there's something else. So I'm not going to leave you believing that you have to live life alone because you didn't create yourself alone. God did. And the God who created you wants to father you. He wants to lead, guide, and direct you. He wants to love on you. In Romans 10... 9 and 10, it tells us if you want to know him, if you want to accept him, he says that if we confess with our mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we can be saved. For it's with the heart man believe unto righteousness, but it's with the mouth that confession unto salvation. It's with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So um, my prayer is that today you will believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Father, we believe that you raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Lord God. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God. And I thank you, Father God, for saving me, delivering me and set me free. So now I know and I understand that when trouble comes, because trouble is coming, that you're not just with me, but your spirit is on the inside. And Father, I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I pray that you prayed that prayer. Because when the afflictions come, and when the shortages come, and life just begins to happen, and when the tribulations come, you can rejoice. 
in the midst of your storm because you know something. You know that that trouble is working something together for your good. It's going to produce patience. It's going to produce character. It's going to produce faith because you got to have faith to uh, wait patiently in a God that you can't see. But I don't know about you. I'm here to tell you that life is better with Jesus Christ and that life don't work right without Jesus Christ. I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys be so blessed. Be encouraged and know that trouble is straining us because every time our flesh suffers, <laughs> it's straining us, right? When we want to go out to exercise, it causes our flesh to suffer. Our flesh don't want to lift those weights, run that treadmill. But we bring it in submission. We beat it. We make it do what the Word of God say do. We make it do what the exercise are designed to do. I'm going to end it here. I pray you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you did, please leave a message on my um, anchor.fm, Pearly Martin page. Or inbox me on Facebook and let me know you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay? And please share this broadcast. And be patient in tribulations. No one is working something good in you. We have to have the characteristics of Christ in our life. To be a light in the midst of someone else's life. Okay? So, Father, we just thank you that this word will not return void. That it land on good ground, Father God. And it will bring forth a hundredfold return. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And Father, we will just rejoice. We rejoice right now. It's not that we're not going through nothing. Everybody has something. But it's how you go through the storm. It's how you go through it. Some of you might not need money. Some of you may need peace. Some of you may need sleep. (laughs) I'm just here to tell you that whatever you need, God has promised to supply it. Okay? But just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that you need will be added unto you. Okay? Till next time. Again, this is Arthur Pearly Martin. If you would like to support our broadcast, our podcast, please hit on the support button. Please share our podcast with someone you love. Someone you know and someone you don't know. Because Jesus said, I've come for those not who know me, not for the well, but those that are sick. So please share this podcast with someone you know or don't know that's sick spiritually sick, someone who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, someone who's physically sick because the word of God, it is the power of God. If you guys would like to support our disaster relief fund, please go to WeCare, W-E-E-C-A-R-E 1966.us. If you would like to support me, Pearly Martin, is Cash App, the dollar sign, Pearly, P-E-A-R-L-I-E, J, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. Um, you guys keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. And until next time, let's continue to pray for each other. Let's continue to pray for each other. Okay? Let's continue to pray for each other. And I'm going to end my live and my Facebook live. <laughs>